0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. The amazing thing is, 10 years ago, we preached that camp. And so all the teenagers are now young adults and all the whipperdoodles that were like five are teenagers now. And so it's going to be a peculiar thing. He said, I told him he was having Brother McGee. He said, some of those young people are like, who's Brother McGee? He said, well, he was here 10 years ago. <laughs> but they don't know. It's another generation. It's a whole new generation. We don't evangelize anymore and so, thus and so. We're going to go to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number 12. Amen. Daniel chapter number 12. Hallelujah. And I just got this here. I don't know if I will use it. I may use it. We'll just see what happens, all right? I just got it there just in case, just in case. I'm gonna read verse number four, and then we'll, we'll sit down and we'll see what we can do about getting through this, this last chapter of this book. Verse number four reads like this in Daniel 12. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro... And knowledge shall be increased. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. Uh, this is just a side note. Trevor, where you at, Trev? Trev, stand up. You need to give this little guy a hand, and I'll tell you why. Now, I'll tell you why. Is because my wife for the past three weeks or so has been uh, working, and as a result, I've been doing a lot of at-home stuff, office at home. And, but he only has preschool for the first two and a half hours of the day. So he's at home a lot of times with me, like the past two days while I'm studying. And he does very well about playing and going about with his business all by himself. And uh, he, he should get a reward, I'm telling you, for the past few weeks. I'm telling you the honest God's truth. I, I don't I doubt I would have been that well whenever I was five years old if that had been reciprocated or if I had to do that <clears throat> all right I would like to call this evening seal the book just simply from this particular verse seal uh the book um, and again we're at the conclusion of all things here if you will remember back in chapter number 10 we started this last thing that was revealed unto Daniel he said a thing was revealed unto me Chapter number 10 was the introduction. Verse number, chapter number 11 was the meat of it. And now chapter number 12 was kind of the conclusion, if you will, of the matter. This is all happening, chapters 10, 11, and 12, during the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. And the scripture starts out in chapter number 12, and at that time. And so with that being said, we got to think about, well, what time is that time? Well, again, all of these are linked together. Uh, 10, 11 and 12 so we just look back at chapter number 12 understand what time it is speaking about the last verse of chapter number 11 is speaking about the Antichrist finding his position in place between, uh, the, whole, between the two seas in that gracious holy mountain that we know to be Jerusalem being stationed there coming to his end and having no help or no aid for him and so it's at that time Uh, Verse number 1 of chapter 12 opens up and says that Michael shall stand up. Also, and at that time, to get a feel for what they're speaking of, the last time that time is mentioned in chapter number 11 is verse number 40. And whenever it mentions it, it speaks of it at the time of the end. So that is the time that we're speaking of, that Michael shall stand up. And remember, we have come across Michael before. He's, a, he's an angel of the Lord, an archangel, if you will, of the Lord. Uh, we have already seen him in chapter number 10, I believe it was, who went to war. Went to war. There was the battle that's taken place in the heavenlies. There was a word uh, that was delayed in coming to Daniel because of things that were taking place in the spirit world. And Michael was there, and he went with a strong arm of battle. Well, that's this same Michael that we're speaking of right here. He has been known uh, throughout Scripture as the prince of Daniel's people or the prince of the Jews. And he's been warned in the heavens on their behalf for these prophetic events to come about. And the Scripture makes mention in verse number 1 about the time of trouble, that He's going to stand up, the one that is the prince of those people, and there's going to be a time of trouble. Does anybody just have an idea what that might be or referencing? Speaking of the great tribulation, the time of trouble. The great tribulation, otherwise known according to Jeremiah as Jacob's trouble, or if you will, the last three and a half years of that seven-year time frame, or that 70th week that was spoken of in the Bible. It's at the close of this tribulation period, though, this great trouble. The Bible speaks that there will even be a time that Daniel's people, the Jews, shall be delivered. So there's a lot of consolation and a lot of hope in everything that he has learned up to this point in time that whenever it's all said and done and over there is going to become deliverance for Daniel's people uh, the Jews during this time of tribulation. And tribulation again for the Jews. It was mainly for his people. You remember that. The tribulation really is for the Jewish people. It was meant for them. Uh, It's kind of like whenever we talk about You know, hell was really made for the devil. If you go there, it wasn't really made for you, but that's where you end up. Well, tribulation wasn't really meant for any of us. It was really meant for the Jews. All right? Yeah. And we've seen, this isn't the first time we've mentioned this. We've mentioned this before. I believe if you go back to Daniel chapter number 9, you'll understand again it was for his people and for that city. It's it's for the Jewish people because there's kind of a uh, separating the chaff from the wheat. There's a trying to win them back maybe through reprimanding, trying to win them back into a place where they should be with uh, the Lord. And so it's designed for the Jews. If, if we will, it, for them it can either be a fire of purification or a fire of destruction. It's all according to how they respond to the fire. It can be fire of purification or a fire of destruction. It's how they respond to it, okay? And so unless, though, that we, we fall prey to the idea... Uh, that is conveyed in Romans chapter 11 and verse number 26 in particular, how the Bible says that for a period of time that the Lord basically has turned his back upon the Jewish people, but when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, he's going to return to the Jewish people, and the Bible says that all Israel shall be saved. Now, we cannot take that and then assume then every Jewish individual is going to be saved. That's not what the case is. Verse number 1 of chapter 12, and Daniel bears out and kind of narrows that down to it. He says, at the time thy thy people shall be delivered, and here's the the, the clarification or the qualifier, everyone that shall be found written in the book, everyone that shall be found written in the book, they shall be delivered. That is the qualifier. So all Israel will be saved whose name is written in the book. All right? Just the same that we're going to be raptured out of this place if our names are written in the book. And so those Jews or that portion of Israel, all all Israel will be saved that is saved. (laughs) Does that make sense? All Israel will be saved that is saved. Verse number 2 is is somewhat important through a different lens, through a different scope. Because when we read about verse number 2 here this evening, and if I may, the Bible says, "...that many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth..." shall awake, and some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Verse number 2 is important, because what verse number 2 brings in is this idea of a resurrection, a resurrection. But more importantly, this idea of a resurrection, it's bringing up in the Old Testament. By and large, there's some people to believe the whole idea or what is known as the doctrine of the resurrection is only a New Testament idea. Only a New Testament thing. That was the only time it was ever spoken about or brought up, but that is not the case. Even here in Daniel, rather, chapter number 12, the idea and the concept of a resurrection is brought up. And for that matter, in the book of Job, Job is uh, perhaps one of the oldest books of the Bible. One of the oldest books of the Bible, if you'll study. He's one of the oldest books of the Bible, yet he records the idea of a resurrection. The Bible says in Job 19 and verse 25, He says, for I know, this is a popular verse uh, through some venues, sometimes it's used at funerals. For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Now look what Job says in verse 26. And he says, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, what's he talking about? He's dead, he dies. Skin worms come upon his body. They're eating his flesh. He says, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He didn't say in his spirit. He said in his flesh, he was going to see God. What's that referring to? Well, that's referring to a body that's dead, flesh coming back to life. He's going to see God. It's referring to a resurrection. So it's again seen in the Old Testament. Likewise, whenever Abraham in in Genesis 22 is going to go up Mount Moriah with his only begotten son Isaac, and he's going to slay him up there. He's going to sacrifice him up there. If you'll remember, he told those two servants that came along with him, he says, I and the lad go up yonder, remember? He says, I and the lad go up yonder and worship. And note, he says, and come again to you. Not just like I'm going to come to you, but me and Isaac, we're going to come to you. In in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, as Brother... Cody Mayo said there night, you know scripture sometimes interprets scripture it can be a commentary through the word of God the book of Hebrews sheds a light upon that instance in Hebrews 11 and verse 17 the Bible says by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called now look now verse 19 Abraham accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead look from whence also received him in like figure in other words the reason why abraham told those servants we're we're going to go up yonder and worship and come again is that he had belief that god could resurrect resurrect isaac and so here is the concept again of a resurrection it's just not a new testament idea now they, they they argued a lot in the new testament about the resurrection For one thing, again, you had the Sadducees, they didn't believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe in anything real spiritual, angels or anything like that. Didn't believe in that. Didn't believe in a resurrection. So a lot of times there was fighting and warring between the Pharisees who did believe it and the Sadducees who didn't, and they would war back and forth. As a matter of fact, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, I think it's 1 Corinthians, I'm pretty sure, 15 uh, in New Testament scripture is one of the apostles there trying to settle a dispute concerning the resurrection. Uh, he talks to them even about Christ's resurrection and said, boys, if, if, if you don't believe that Christ was resurrected from the dead, said, then your faith is in vain and you're still yet in your sins. He says, if that did not happen and, did, and that did not take place. So it's discussed at a great measure. But whenever he speaks of the resurrection here in verse number two, and as we compare scriptures with scriptures concerning the resurrection we know a few things and I'm not trying to get into a long uh, we could do a study on the resurrection all by itself it would be a good uh, topic to look at but whenever you look at these the resurrection of the dead uh, is not just found here in Daniel but as we've already seen and in the New Testament other places but there is a resurrection from my understanding reading the scripture there's a resurrection that happens for the righteous and there is one that happens for the unrighteous although they do not happen at the same time all right. Now, some. Uh, this is where maybe I'll start drawing. I don't know, uh, because I, I know sometimes we get this. I. Uh, let me just make a real quick point. Whenever we talk about the rapture of the church, a lot of times I think people automatically think that everybody that was wicked and everything that was good is going to resurrect at that moment. But if you read your, if you read the Bible plainly, it's the dead in Christ. All right. So, so uh, let me let me just give you a quote here uh, from. Thomas Constable, he says while verse number 2 here teaches that there will be a resurrection of the wicked, it does not say that this will occur at the end of the tribulation it only says that others will awake to disgrace and everlasting contempt, he says Revelation chapter 20 verses 12 through 14 make clear that the resurrection of the wicked will occur at the end of the millennium, the end of the millennial reign of Christ, not at the end of the tribulation alright and so whenever I understand scripture the Bible speaks there are several resurrections that happen in New Testament scripture alright there are several resurrections that happen but the Bible speaks plenty in the book of Revelation in particular about two resurrections one that it denotes as the first resurrection one that it denotes as the second resurrection and by and large what happens in the first resurrection that are those two everlasting life Second resurrection is for those to everlasting contempt, if you will. And so there's several resurrections uh, of who the first resurrection uh, that we take note of or the first roots of resurrection was Jesus Christ on the third day whenever he resurrected. The Bible makes mention in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 20. I didn't start no clock. Everybody, you all right? All right. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, the Bible says, and scriptures are up there tonight if you, anybody didn't know. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. All right, or those that were dead. The first fruits. All right, so he was this first resurrection, if you will, uh, that we take note of. He was the first fruits. And in the Old Testament times, whenever you talked about first fruits, the first fruits of grain, the first fruits of fruit of the land. All they were was just a little testament, an indication of a, a futuristic, more abundant harvest that was to follow. And so whenever we have Jesus Christ as the resurrection or the first fruits of the resurrection, he is the indication of other resurrections, of a more abundant harvest of resurrections, if you will, that are to follow. So, so Jesus Christ's first resurrection. However, there's other resurrections that take place. All right? uh, There was, whenever Jesus was crucified, the Bible tells us in Matthew that there were graves that were open. Now, it doesn't go anywhere beyond that, that the graves were open, but whenever he, at his crucifix, all right, graves were open. And the Bible, though, continues to say, and we'll look at the scriptures, whenever he resurrected, that Evidently, these graves that were open, the people in these open graves at his resurrection resurrected. The Bible, Matthew 27, verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. The earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were open. That's at, his, that, that, that's at the crucifix here. The graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves when? after his resurrection and went to the holy city and appeared unto many so Jesus Christ is the first fruit graves were opened at his crucifix people resurrected whenever he resurrected alright and they're walking into the city now I don't know I don't know really who these people are it's a possibility maybe some of those people were OT is Old Testament Old Testament saints alright it's a possibility that some of them were basically saints that, were, that had lived under the law, all right? Because even the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everything up to Christ dying and rising again is still under the law. It's not until his, his, his crucifix and his burial and resurrection that the grace, what we call grace dispensation, started. Prior to that, it is the law dispensation Matthew Mark Luke and John that's the reason why you see the scribes the Pharisees so much underscoring this law concept long concept well does not Moses say because they're still under the law during that period of time although Jesus is walking and living among them he's not yet died and resurrected among them it's still the law and so we have that resurrection and then with that resurrection there is some other resurrections that are spoken of amen concerning the word of the Lord and that is the ones that were in Thessalonians, the rapture of the church. Oh, is anybody getting excited about that? The rapture of the church in Thessalonians. Amen. Because the resurrection, listen, the resurrection that Daniel's speaking of is not the resurrection of the church. What Daniel's talking about is a resurrection that, for at least for the people that are going to everlasting life, it's a resurrection that's happening at the end of this tribulation. The rapture of the church is not happening at the end of the tribulation. The rapture of the church, and I'll further clarify this, in my opinion, is happening before tribulation ever starts. All right? Is everybody all right? Uh-huh. Be- the resurrection of the church, again, note, you'll look. we'll look at the Scripture, are the dead in Christ. When the trump of God sounds? Not everybody that's ever died is getting out of the ground those that are in the church age from Pentecost until Rapture, those that have made their lives right with the Lord, filled with the Spirit, are going to resurrect out of the ground. All right? The dead in Christ will happen prior to what we commonly call the Tribulation or those last seven years or Daniel's 70th week. And let me just real quickly, we could go through maybe a reason why my opinion is, you know, why the rapture will happen prior to the tribulation, and we could give scriptures and stuff, but let I want to just give you one thing to consider and nothing more. Again, talking about whether it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib could be a lesson all by itself. All right? No one knew that Daniel 12 was going to get so like this, did they? Amen. <laughs> Whatever consider. If rapture is supposed to be his imminent coming, meaning it's at hand, it draweth near and a real time frame for is unknown. Okay? Right? Definite unknown. If that's the case, listen very carefully. We know from our study in Daniel that we can mark the beginning of that seven years of tribulation because whenever one arises and confirms the covenant, The Abrahamic covenant concerning the land Confirms the covenant We know right then according to Daniel chapter 9 And those four verses that we spent three weeks on According to Daniel 9 We know that whenever that happens That starts the beginning of that seven year tribulation We know according to those verses 24 through 27 of Daniel 9 We know that three and a half years The Bible says in the midst of that week Which would be three and a half years We know there in the center, that's when this abomination of desolation is going to take place. We know at the end of this seven years, the end, that Christ in his second coming, there's a difference between his second coming where he comes down and sets his feet on the earth and rapture where he comes in the clouds and calls us to him. All right? Whenever he comes actually to the earth, he's setting up his kingdom. He's going to have the battle, the battle of Armageddon, all that. But whenever he comes for his church, he's calling them to himself in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. All right? All right. Well, we know. If we know, because whenever the the covenant is confirmed, if we know the beginning, if you as a mid-tribulationist that the rapture of the church is here, or if you it's going to happen at the end of the tribulation, if you was one of those people, you would know when the covenant would be confirmed. You would know from that date forward how long three and a half years was. You'd know from that date forward how many seven years was. You would know when the coming of the Lord would be. And so, based upon that, and we could give other scriptures, but just based upon that by itself, That's the reason why I'm saying, in my opinion, and there'd be people that would argue with me, and that's fine. But in my opinion, the rapture has taken place before the covenant is ever confirmed. Okay? Because I don't know. Because I'm in this gap between the 69th week and the seventieth week. I don't have there's not a lot spoken about this church age except what I get in the New Testament of what happened with the Church when it was birthed and what's going on I don't have a lot of details Daniel's not giving me a bunch of details why? because he's more so talking to the Jews but I know when the covenant's confirmed when the seven years start and so what do I do? I live every day as though today he could come hmm mm-hmm see see it'd be a see it'd be a big different story if it was mid-tribulationist and rapture's taking place here because here is the way that men would operate the covenant would be confirmed I got three and a half years to get right or I got seven years to get right God doesn't want somebody to love him whenever it's convenient for them whenever it's self-serving for them he's saying no I'm going to come back when you least expect it but you need to be ready amen all right I just about felt the Holy Ghost there on a Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, and let me look at a verse of Scripture just just to underscore that, if you will. James chapter 5 and verse number 8. James, remember, he was the pastor of the First New Testament church at Jerusalem. And James tells his saints, he says, be ye also patient. He says, establish your hearts. He says, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, the word draweth, we could talk about what mood it's in and what voice it is, but basically, draweth is in the present tense, which means he's drawing and continues to draw. In other words, James was telling the, the, the saints of the New Testament church, Christ is coming and he's continuing to come. He's getting closer by the day. What do y'all need to do? He says, establish your hearts, be ready. Not going to give you any, 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 other, any other signs, any other indication of that. Just be ready, be patient, and be ready. And so that's now almost 2,000 years ago, but he's still drawing nigh. Oh, Brother McGee, I wish you could do a little better than that. Hey, I don't need to. You're in love with God, right? Hey, Amen? We're in love with him, right? Amen. So the thing is, we got to live with the expectation that Christ could return at any moment. He's drawing near and continuing to draw near. All right. and so I conjecture then the rapture of the church takes place before the seven years now if we can read that dead in Christ scenario in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse number 13 the Bible says but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep dead that ye uh, that's my interpretation okay, that ye sorrow not Even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, there's some phraseology, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We're not we're not going to keep those dead people in the ground. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, who's he talking about? He's talking about those that are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. He's talking about those that are alive in Christ. Have those that are dead in Christ, you have those that are alive in Christ. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, who Christ and those that were dead in Christ that already resurrected now, to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And here's verse 18 which is wonderful. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. At rapture day, the dead in Christ will resurrect. And those that are alive in Christ, those will be raptured but those that are wicked and undone they got just to wait for a moment mhm and you've noted already in some of the verse scripture I read and even in Daniel it talks about this sleep 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 you you know that that's dead all right in Daniel and Thessalonians but listen the bible never speaks of Sleep in reference to a person's soul because the soul never sleeps. Whenever it talks about something sleeping, it is talking about the natural body. The natural body sleeps, but the soul is never asleep. The soul is always going to be somewhere active. All right? That's the reason why the Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Your body will be asleep in the grave, but your soul will be active in the presence of the Lord. Resurrection, your soul comes back and reunites with your body, and there happens a change. Your corruptible puts on incorruptible. Your immortal puts on immortality. You're given a different body. That's going to last forever. All right? Amen. There's another resurrection. Where's my eraser? There's another resurrection that happens. So we we have then, if you will, uh, talking about these resurrections, I'm going to take the rapture, okay? Dead in Christ. That's the resurrection. There's another resurrection. Happens in Revelation chapter number 11. Revelation chapter number 11 speaks of two witnesses. Uh Uh-huh. Speaks of two witnesses. They they happen sometime in the time frame of the tribulation. Of that seven years, there's two witnesses that come back to the earth. Bible speaks about one will have power to call rain from heaven. Look at Revelation. Another will be able to cause water to turn to blood. Is we're not in Revelation. It's conjectured that could very well be Elijah. All right. It could be Elijah, it could be Moses there's people throughout a bunch of other stuff you know concerning who it could be but nevertheless that these two people are going to come they're going to come trying to steer again Jews back the direction they need to go they're going to be preaching they're going to be saying and then the beast is going to rise out of the bottomless pit according to Revelation chapter 11 and it's going to kill these two witnesses they're going to lay dead in the streets for three and a half days scripture says no one's going to bury them they're going to lay dead in the street for three and a half days people's going to be rejoicing because they got tired of hearing to these two and so they're going to say, "Yeah, these two are dead." And after three and a half days, they're going to stand up and be alive. They're going to resurrect. So that's another resurrection that takes place. All right, Amen. Someone say Amen. So they're laying in the, in the streets and will get up. Brother Emil Walls, he says this. He says the first resurrection will take place before the millennium, which I've already stated. While the last resurrection will take place at the final judgment. Of all the dead And what you really need for reference there Is Revelations chapter number 20 Revelations chapter number 20 Bears this out Because according to Daniel chapter 2 At the end of the tribulation And Revelation This harmonizes with Revelation All right, Uh, Revelation is shining light on Daniel Here for a moment In verse number 2 At the end of the tribulation But before the millennial reign of Christ Will be a resurrection Of a group of people To everlasting life Amen To everlasting life It may be uh, some other Old Testament saints, all right, that are resurrected then. Uh, It it, it, it could very well be those who had to live Jews through the tribulation but were martyred for truth and stood firm because the Bible says you can read it in in Revelation chapter number 20. It'll be those that were pierced through with the sword that did did not worship the image of the beast nor his name. You read in Revelations 20, and so these can be uh, some of those. But then the Bible says a thousand years later, you can read it in Revelations 20, that there will be the small and great that will stand before him. It will be the great white throne judgment that are going to stand before him. The sea is going to give up her dead. Hell and death will give up their dead. And then death and hell will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death the Scripture speaks of. So they come resurrected out of death and out of hell to be put back into death, into the lake of fire. And it's the great white throne judgment where God will judge the wicked, the the pernicious, the off-kelter right then. So there's a lot. uh, Daniel didn't say much about it, but I did. All right. Concerning the resurrection. It's just not an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament thing as well. And so the Bible speaks then that many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake and come to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And so in verse 3, the Bible speaks then of those that are wise and of those that turn many to righteousness, that these uh, groups of people will shine as the stars of the night, so to speak. Uh, They will will shine as the stars of night. And I think it's interesting to look at those that turn many to righteousness because if you remember, there's going to be a group of, of Jews that's going to be holding true and there's going to be an apostate group of Jews. And if you'll remember, not too many weeks ago, maybe even last week, spoke of how the true Jews were going to be trying to influence the apostate Jews to come back to the Lord. And if they turn these folks that went apostate back to righteousness, God says they're going to be as the stars of heaven. They're going to shine. There's going to be a certain element of glory that's going to be attributed to them. And verse number four, our our springboard tonight. But thou, he says, O Daniel shut up the words, seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. So Daniel, after all these years, he's a good chance of being a 90-some-odd-year-old man right now. After all these years in his service to the Lord, everything he has written and penned and interpreted and heard and seen, now God tells him just seal up the book, but he gives him instruction, seal up the book until the time of the end. Why? Because, Daniel, what I've given to you concerns the distant future from your point of view, concerns the distant future that is still yet down the road. As a matter of fact, folks, as a matter of fact, what we see Daniel seals up right here in his book comes unsealed in the book of Revelation. All right? Uh-huh. The Bible, if the Bible even speaks of... Remember, there was one that had a book in his hand and it had seals upon it. Nobody was worthy to open the book. Uh Uh-huh. But then there said, well, behold the lamb. And there was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he came forth. And he was able to open. And you start seeing seals being opened in the book of Revelation. What is opened in the book of Revelation is what was sealed in the book of Daniel. Amen. Many years. Why is it being opened? Whenever... Jesus spoke to John the Revelator in the book of Revelation and he spoke to him concerning his writings. Now he told Daniel, you seal it up. He told John explicitly in Revelations 22, do not seal this book. He told Daniel, you seal it up because the time is for the end. He tells John, don't seal it up because the time is at hand. What was sealed in one is going to become unsealed in the other. And the seal, sealing the book isn't for the purpose of hiding the contents. No, no, no. Whenever they sealed something, it was for the sake of preservation, preserving. We see in Jeremiah that there were things that were sealed. Jeremiah had some things sealed that he wrote down. He wanted them to be sealed. And many times it was. Seven seals that were placed upon the book. Amen, and that was for the the sake of preserving what was written. And the Bible says, so it's for the time of the end. It says, many shall run to and fro. Now, there's differing opinions concerning this. Some believe, well, it's for the time of the end when people's gonna be going to and fro, that there's gonna be an increase uh, as far as in mass transit. Travel is gonna be a big thing. Uh, whenever, whenever all of this comes about toward the end of time, travel is going to be increased in the end. Well, by and large, travel is increased. Our means of transportation a little better. We don't have horse and buggies, and we got vehicles. we got airplanes and jets, and we can go places. But another thing concerning, at the time of the end, to and fro, that many will be going to and fro, is that during, whenever the end comes, whenever the covenant is confirmed, Grant this well, and I don't want to be here. But people's going to really be looking for some answers then. People's going to be cracking open dusty Bibles to find Daniel in the Book of Revelation, and they are going to be granted some understanding that we don't have right now because there's going to be some history they'll be able to look back on, just as we already have history that's something that's already take, there's going to be some things that already take place that they're going to be able to point and says, "There it is, there it is, that's happened," and they're going to look at it and say, "What else is coming?" They're going to be running to and fro for answer, er, answers. And the Bible says that knowledge shall be increased. Now, again, by and large, over the centuries, knowledge has increased. You know, my children are learning today at a faster pace things that I didn't learn until later in the school year. They are learning earlier and earlier uh, the things that we learned later and later in our lives. And with each generation, that just starts earlier. They start learning things that we, you know, we didn't learn until we was in the fourth and fifth grade. They're learning in the second grade and in the third grade. Knowledge is being increased. As a matter of fact, uh, if we consider that for a moment, they say that a single daily edition of the New York Times now contains more information than someone living in the 17th century would have encountered in a lifetime. All right. so maybe it's talking about literal knowledge, but I also believe that knowledge, as I already mentioned, will be increased concerning the prophetic books, the book of Daniel, the things that pertain to it. It's going to be increased because of where they're living in the scope of time. They have greater understanding because of the things that have already precipitated and come about. When you look at verses 5 through 7, Daniel is sitting there and he sees, there's a conversation going on. This is not the first time this has happened. There's a conversation. There's a, remember, this whole vision, this revelation happened by a river. Back in Daniel 10, it started at a river. And so now Daniel sees someone standing on one side of the river, uh, another one standing on this side of the river, and now there's someone standing on the river. <laughs> we got three people on each side and on the river. And one of them that's standing on the side of the river, they ask the person that's standing on the river, <laughs> just read it, <laughs> These people are talking among themselves and they're talking back and forth and and the angels are wanting to know some of the details concerning the end time. What What that speaks to us is that the angels don't even know all the details to this end time event. They're not privy to all the information that's even to go on. And so they ask the question in those verses. One asks, says, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And so the angel that's standing on the river, he gives them... Uh, the, 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 the time frame that we've heard before he said a time and times and a half guess what that is three and a half years 42 months 1260 days which by and large refers to mostly what they're speaking until these, these wonders end evidently it's the last three and a half years of the tribulation but then in verse number 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 8 Daniel asks a question he says what shall be the end of of these things Now look The angel's like Daniel I've told you everything I'm going to tell you son <laughs> you know, He's like got another question He says you're just going to have to go home Without the answer And that's what he tells him He tells him to go on his way Go on your way This thing is sealed up Until the end When it's going to be needed And need to be known At the end But the angel kind of you know, Kind of consolation You know it's kind of pacifying somebody That wants a question Without giving it to them Without giving them the answer, he kind of, you know, pats him on the head, tells him in verse number 10, now I'm not, he's not going to directly answer his question. Amen. But he's just kind of giving him some consolation. Daniel, I just want you to know that there's going to be many that's going to be purified, there's going to be many that's going to be made white. He said, but there's going to be some that are wicked that are going to remain wicked. Now, he didn't answer every deal of question, but he let me know there's going to be some that's going to be saved out of all this. Daniel, there's going to be some of your people, the Jews, that's going to be saved out of this, but there's some that are wicked that are going to remain wicked, they're going to die wicked, and their end is going to be determined. And he said, the wise is going to understand, the wicked's not going to understand. And then he gives him a few more tidbits to chew on in verse number 11, just pacifying him, and he says, and this, this right here, this here is with a lot of speculation, folks, in verse Daniel 12, verses 11 and 12. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, he says, the abomination that maketh desolate set up, all that happens midweek or the middle of the seven years. All right. He says, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. He said, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. Daniel you should have not even asked another question <laughs> you know, he's not going to give him all the details but he's just going to give him enough to just say yeah I'll seal this up <laughs> you know, I'll seal this up because if we remember okay if we have that we don't need this anymore we don't need that anymore so Daniel you know, here's Daniel's question again let's read it what shall the end of these things what, what, what shall the end of these things basically be what shall the end of these things be and so we, we have this seven-year time period, all right? We have the middle right there at three and a half. And, and just for clarification reasons, I'll just do three and a half, three and a half. Right here is there the, the there's the abom, all right. I'm just gonna do that. Make of desolate that he spoke of. The Bible says, from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make of desolate set up, there shall be, he says, there's going to be one thousand. 290 days because what this equals right here is 1260 days so we're gonna have 12,000 1290 days and then he says blessed he that waiteth and cometh to another daytime period that's out here 1335 days well, isn't that nice You know, just about the time you think it's getting clear, it gets all murky all over again. And so we're talking about we're talking about a time frame that's 30 days beyond the end. We're talking about a time frame over here that overall, okay, overall is 75 days beyond. Or if you want to, you can go between here and say, well, it's 45 days beyond the last time one. So we got all this going on. What does this mean? I don't know for sure. Winner, winner, chicken dinner for Pastor McGee. I don't know for sure. They both have their start evidently from when the sacrifice is removed and when the abomination that makes it desolate happens right in the middle of the years. But I don't know for sure. So what's some speculation? Speculation. What's some speculation? Well, some speculation may mean this that this day's right here, this 30 day interim of time, and this is purely speculation okay because right here at the end of the seven years christ is coming back to the earth okay you know set up his kingdom but he's going to have a battle the battle of armageddon all right we're going to come back with the lord his saints are coming with him we're going to be engaged in battle it's going to be the battle of armageddon it's going to be a bloodbath folks it's going to be a bloodbath you're reading the book of revelation speak the bible speaks of the blood what coming up to a horse's bridle I know horses sometimes are different heights, but either way, that's a lot of blood. All right, it's going to be the Battle of Armageddon. Now, this is just again, I I emphasize. If I'm overdoing it, I'm sorry because there's people going to be listening on podcasts as well besides you all. This is purely speculation. All right, 30 days after that fact, if you have a battle that is that grand, speculation could be it could be part of the cleanup after the battle. Speculation could be. the Bible speaks in Matthew and this is speculation of scholars okay this is not necessarily my own but just speculation of scholars some say that well perhaps that is uh, referring to the judgment of the nations that's referred to in Matthew 25 that's neither here nor there for me this 300 1,335 days 75 days past the end or 45 days past uh, the other again if you're talking though even about the battle of Armageddon I don't think it's going to take very long Why? Because our captain is pretty good at what he does. (laughs) I don't think this is going to be like, you know, the wars that we have right now that last for years uh, because we're talking about the creator of the universe. He can go, phew, y'all done. It's over. I think he's going to allow us some on-the-job training and do a little fighting. I believe that. You better believe it. Uh, We've come through some stuff as a church and I believe he's going to allow us to, to, to do some fighting. Amen. But After all this, then he's going to set up his millennial kingdom on the earth. And so perhaps it would be some time uh, set aside for the devising of setting up his kingdom, all right? And and allowing, if you will, the Bible speaks how uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, how there's going to be someone the dividing of the tribes and who's going to be over the tribes of Israel. The Bible speaks up in the book of Revelation. And this is, again, just speculation. Perhaps there is the, the, the structuring and all of the kingdom, you know, coming to order for that kingdom of reign of his 1,000-year millennial reign. That will happen after the Battle of Armageddon. That 1,000 years that he reigns, that is a peace, and we'll get to the book of Revelation, is the same 1,000 years that Satan is incarcerated for 1,000 years. Thus the peace. <laughs> Amen and so I don't know but I do know this from the scripture concerning all that verse 12 said blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to that 1,335 days." so I know if you'll wait and you get to that time frame that you're going to be blessed I do know that by scripture I do know that by scripture verse number 13 and I'm coming to a close the Bible says he speaks to Daniel so he's pacified him Maybe it really made him now to want to shut up the book because he gave him these other numbers. <laughs> you know, if you're not going to do it, I'll send something your you. to encourage you to just shut it up. And he says to Daniel, but go thou thy way till the end be. He says, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. So Daniel's not given any more understanding. He's just basically told, you're going to die. He's an old man anyway at this point in time. He says, you're going to die, but you're going to stand also. You're going to die. What's he talking about? Daniel, you're going to be resurrected. You're going to die, but you're going to be resurrected. You're going to stand in your lot at the end of days. Now, I have a pretty good idea what lot that is he's standing in because it's going to be either a lot of purity or a lot of wickedness and according as he's lived that we can see through scripture through this point of time uh, presently we know it to probably be a lot of purity but he says you're going to die you're going to be resurrected and you're going to stand in your lot you're going to be the sheep or you're going to be the goats he says in that day but you're shutting up the book and we shut it up tonight and six weeks from now we'll open it up in the book of Revelation 500 or so years from each other concerning writings but we'll start opening up the book of Revelation. Bishop. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.